Hello children and welcome back to the Friday special with Rebbe Mendel by the sweetness of Yiddishkeit. We're children from all around the world joined together to enjoy our fascinating stories and even share their own ideas and have lots of fun together. Good, good stuff is waiting ahead of us. So let's skip the introduction and hop aboard for another weekend with Rebbe Mendel. In this week's Parsha, we learn that Yitzchak Avinu was standing opposite from his wife Rivka, and they were both davening to Hashem for a child. The Midrash says about this, the Yitzchak and Rivka both had two completely different prayers, opposite of each other. Yitzchak davened for a son like Esav, while Rivka davened for a son like Yaakov. But why did Yitzchak want a son like Esav? Wasn't he interested in the son, a tzaddik like Yaakov? Yitzchak Avinu was a tzaddik ben tzaddik. He was not afraid of any challenge, so he asked Hashem even for a difficult son like Esav. Why? Because when a person goes through challenges in a good way, with bitachon and faith in Hashem, then he becomes elevated. He becomes a better person because of the hardships, and he comes closer to Hashem, from the humiliations that it makes him go through. Yitzchak Avinu remembered how good it was for him that Yishmael, his older brother, oppressed him bitterly and tried to hurt him, because it made him daven to Hashem that he should save him from Yishmael. And because this way, he didn't feel himself too strong and proud of himself. He always had to turn to Hashem for help, and that brought him closer to Hashem, until he became the father of Kalal Yisrael. Such a son would be also good for his brother Yaakov, who would have to run away from him and dive into Hashem that he should be saved from Esav, who wanted to kill him. Yitzchak Avinu also knew that everybody has hope, and even Esav could do tshuva. And that would be a much greater wonder if he had a bad son that would turn suddenly to become a tzaddik. However, Rivka was afraid of having such a son after she lived all her life with her wicked brother and father, Lovin and Besuel. She didn't want such a son. She wanted only one who's going to be righteous. So Hashem heard both of them and gave her twins, two brothers who would be very different from each other, Yaakov and Esav. Now, dear children, I would like to tell you a beautiful story about a man who knew how to appreciate the benefit of busyness, being humiliated, which gave him the schus for great things. Rabbi Yisrael Mandelowitz was a father of a large family, and everything went just as normal until it came to a short stop. His dear wife, Hannah Yentel, was diagnosed with the terrible machla. She had cancer that was growing in her body from one day to the other. They did not lose any time and began searching for the most experienced and professional doctors in the field. After spending a few months flying all around the world for treatments, spending all their savings and borrowing even more fortunes of money, Hanayental's condition only got worse. Laying in her hospital bed all pale and weak, 
She was surrounded with all her family, her beloved children and her helping husband, who came to spend the Shabbos with her. They were all so frightened of the future that awaited them, and the atmosphere was one of sorrow and despair. After Shabbos, Rabbi Yisrael went to his Rav to ask for a bracha. He entered the Rav's room and let his tears flow out with pity for his dear wife who was suffering so bitterly and for his children who felt lost. The Rav began crying together with him. Then he tried to cheer him up, encouraging Rabbi Yisrael to keep davening to Hashem just like this and not forget to be grateful to Hashem for all the years that Chaneyentel was well. Then the Rav told Rabbi Yisrael he should also try to give tzedakah as much as he could. Rabbi Yisrael left the Rav's house with a feeling of hope and started immediately to think how to give tzedakah. We have spent all our money and even more than that on the expensive treatments, he thought to himself. How would I be able to give anything more for tzedakah? Then an idea entered his mind. And once he got home, he summoned all his children around the kitchen table and told them about his thoughts. We are all ready to do anything we can and even more than that. So mom should get better, he began. Just before, I went to my rav and he advised me to keep davening to Hashem. But before we ask Hashem that mom should get better, he said we should first remember to thank Hashem for all the years that she was with us. Remember all the times she made your sandwich for school, all the times she cleaned up the house, washed our clothing, and cared for us? Remember all the sleepless nights she was up thinking about us and taking care of us? So first we have to remember to thank Hashem for all the good we had. And only after we know how much we need Hashem to give her back to us, then we'll cry to Hashem with all our heart that she should have a refuah shleima very soon. The Rav told me one more thing, that we should try to give tzedakah with whatever we can. But since we're broke, so I thought of a great idea. Let's collect all our unnecessary clothing and put them in a big bag. Then I will give it over to the local gamach that other children of this neighborhood might enjoy it. What do you think? The children were all very excited to do something helpful and immediately started filling up big bags with lots of clothing. The atmosphere in the house turned at once to one of faith and hope. One month passed and Hanayental's condition did not get better but also did not get worse. The fact that she didn't get sicker strengthened Rabbi Strel and he decided to take his children to Me'ara to thank Hashem for that part and to daven on that she should get completely better. When they arrived at the gravesite of our holy of Isinimos, Rabbi Strel took all his children for a dance, telling them, We know to appreciate every progress and every kindness of Hashem. If we'll always remember the good part that Hashem does for us, then there'll be no reason for Him not to give us more of that. And they all started singing, 
When they were finally on their way home, it was already 11 o'clock at night. But it was worth it. Everybody felt uplifted, and some of the children even started talking about painting the house so mom should return to a clean and nice house. But only when they arrived back home did the fun begin. As they opened the door to their house, a terrible stench went into their noses. The entire house was flooded with sewage water that apparently overflowed from a blacked pipe. The oldest boy, Yechiel, took command and ordered all the other kids to stay at the park while he would sweep all the water out and direct it to the street manhole. Yechiel started getting the mess under control and that's when their neighbors, the Levies, came back home from their cousin's chasana. The Levies were too tired to look where they were going. And suddenly, their little son slipped in the sewage water, getting himself and his new outfit completely dirty and stinking. Wow, did his mother blow up? She started yelling at poor Yechil. What do you think you're doing here in the middle of the night? Getting the entire neighborhood stinky! That wasn't enough for Mrs. Levy. She went over to the park where the rest of the family was waiting and directed her insulting words toward Ruby Strell and all the kids. You're all stinky people, a filthy family with the messy kids. What do you think to yourself living in our beautiful neighborhood? You're only a stain in our view. These words really hurt Ruby Strell because he knew that it was true. It really was hard for him to get his children to look neat and clean ever since his wife Hannah Yentl got sick. Still, he tried to apologize to Mrs. Levy, but unsuccessfully. Suddenly, Rabbi Sral's little son noticed something interesting and whispered in his father's ears, Pa, look at Shimon, their son, who's my age. He is wearing my clothing that we gave away to the Gmach just a month ago. Don't you remember the little stain I had on my left sleeve? Rabbi Sral shuddered. He had just the right answer for Mrs. Levy. Should he do that? Should he humiliate her back? No way. Now he needed more than ever the schus of not answering back. Rabbi Sral held his lips tight, fighting not to get the words out of his mouth. And he warned all the kids not to say anything either. Finally, Mrs. Levy was done and she turned around to take her family in their house. The next morning, Rabbi Israel went over to his rub after the davening to tell him about the progress and about what happened just the other day with his neighbors. The rub was very impressed and said, You don't know what a chus it is when somebody humiliates you and he keeps silent even though you have what to answer him back. Now I'm confident that your wife is going to be all better. From there, Rabbi Israel went directly to the hospital to see about his wife. When he came there, guess what? The doctors came over to him and told him that the treatment his wife was taking a long time already was finally starting to work. Rabbi Israel was so happy to hear the good news. The doctors didn't have any explanation for that. 
So Rabbi Yisrael told them what happened and what his Rav said. And he made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem there. The doctors all said they will offer this method and Zechus to the rest of their patients. From there on, the road to full recovery was short. And only two months later, Chanayento left the hospital for rehabilitation. And three months after that, she was healthy and all better. Now, Rabbi Saul took everybody to Me'or Samachpela, including his wife. But this time, only to dance and to sing to Hashem for the wonderful miracle. Later that day, he made a big Seudah Seudah for all his relatives, his friends and neighbors. Among the participants was also Mr. Levy, who came to apologize for his wife's harsh words in their difficult time. But Rabbi Israel answered him, Are you kidding me? This is what saved my wife's life. Hashem heard what your wife said, that we are a messy and filthy family. So he decided to give us back my wife, that she should keep taking good care of us. Thank you for your wife's humiliations. Never in my whole life did I get a better present. Now, dear children, do you think you can get this chus of keeping quiet when somebody humiliates you, even when you have what to answer him back? Well then, make sure to share with us. Please record yourself and tell us where your sweet cat is. And don't forget to mention your name, your age, and where you live. Then ask an adult to email it to thesweetkite at gmail.com or WhatsApp to 00972-5823239909 and we'll make sure to play it on our next podcast. See you all next week. This podcast is brought to you by the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit. For comments, sponsorships, and more, please contact us at thesweetkeit at gmail.com.